feel God bumps, you know he's there. Just when that special worship song is on, you feel those tinglies. That's when he's with you. No. The word abide means to live, that he will live with you forever. Even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be where? In you. I will, now get this, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now stay with me because we believe in the Trinity. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So Jesus says, I'm praying the Father, He's going to send you another helper, and when He comes, He will abide with you. But He says, I'm not going to leave you orphans, I'm going to come to you, and I'm coming to you through and by my Spirit. How many know that God's Spirit is Jesus' Spirit? So when the Spirit comes, it's the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son. They all three are one. So when I have the Holy Spirit, I have the Father and the Son. I have all three in one in my life. Amen. And so they're they're, they're interchangeable things, but we don't think that sometimes. Sometimes we slice it up in very distinctive methods. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and, and we don't keep it one. And as a result, we cut ourselves off from what is available to us. And so Jesus says, I'm sending you a helper. I'm praying the Father. He's sending you the helper. So the Holy Spirit is here to do what? Help. He's here to help. How many of you ever seen somebody carrying a load and you went up and you said, hey, could I help you? No, I got this. And, and, and they're overloaded. And, and, they're, and you go, can I get that for you? No, no, I got it. Well, wait a minute. I will help you. No, I got it. And many times that's what's happened to us. We're going through life. We're saved. We have a helper who is available, and the Holy Ghost is going up. Can I help? Come on. No, I got it. I'm good. Look like you could use some help. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, really, I got it. Well, then. <laughs> Amen. All right. Go to chapter 16. Verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now because you're not born of the Spirit yet. However, when He, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And he will tell you things to come. How many think it's interesting what's going on in the world right now? What is going on? What is happening? They are shooting down passenger planes in the Ukraine. They are bombing and things are going and there's a civil war all over the Middle East. Stuff is happening everywhere. In the United States, our whole government has just like swallowed massive amounts of stupid pills. I mean, nothing they say makes a lick of sense. It's, it's like you go there and dumb jumps on you and takes over your life. Intelligent people go to Washington, and in 30 seconds of getting off the plane, and before they even get to their office, stupid attacks their lives. And their brains are transformed, and they, and they come out, and they say, and then they begin to speak for us, and the American people, I know what the American, no, you don't. You have never talked to us. Nobody's ever asked me what I want. You, it, but, 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 but so you look at that, and all around the world, where does our government, other government things happen? What is that? But Jesus says, hey, the Holy Spirit, he will tell you things to come. So as a believer, you should never be surprised by world events or things, but, but, but there's a relationship that is available. And so what happens is, if I'm not receiving his help to be the one who tells me about things and helps me with things, then, then I get afraid. And when I'm afraid, fear is baggage that you are not supposed to carry. And so it's like grabbing this, you know, and, and I'm not supposed to carry this, but you know what? I'm just going to kind of take this with me and... Everything's good, but I'm pretty concerned about what's happening in the world. Wow. Wow. I just wish I knew what was going on in the world. Have you heard about what's going on in the world? 
Wow. <laughs> Margaret says, put that down. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because that's not what it's for. That's, it. that's what you look like with fear. And so Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's coming to help you so you won't be burdened with unnecessary things, carrying things that do not belong to you. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye who are labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you. Come and learn of me. My way is easy and my yoke is light. So if we start looking at our life and we're carrying burden and we're feeling run down, Christians are going, man, I'm just so wore out. I'm under so much pressure these days. Well, could you use some help? No, I'm fine. Well, that's not what you just said. And, and so the, the, then we're going, could you pray for me? Pray for me. Everybody pray for me. goes on Facebook. Pray for me. 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 Okay. Have you asked a helper? No, I'm on Facebook right now. I don't have time. If he wants me to talk, he should get a page. <laughs> All right. But Jesus says there's a helper coming. Verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And we get people say, I don't know what the will of God is. I don't know what God wants for me. He will take what is mine and he will show it to you. All things that the Father has our mind, therefore I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. Look at the cover of your outline. Sometimes I think we have missed the simplest truths of life in Christ and what it really means to be filled with the Spirit. There is so much to this wonderful life in Christ that when we are, than what we are experiencing. To be born again. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, there's an invitation to you, come and be born again. The invitation of the gospel is be born again. Be born into a new life. The good news is new life. And it is life in Christ Jesus. Life in Him. Not just life in the world. Not just life under the pressure. Not just life like the rest of the world bound in life. But it is new life. It is freedom in Christ. Listen, Jesus, and, and we shout it and we hear it. Those who the Son has set free are what? Free indeed. And, and so then Paul wrote to the church of Galatia. He goes, hey guys, you, you were set free. How come you're going back and you're being engulfed again in this yoke of bondage? And so whether it is religious practices, but somewhere we get caught up in that, and it's me doing stuff for God instead of letting the life of God flow through me. Amen. So watch this. This is a brand new way of living, thinking, viewing everything in this life as we press towards the promise of the life to come with him. With that in mind, it is possible to completely be unaware of how much God wants us to have the life that he ordained for us to have with him, in him, and through him. I think if we really knew, excuse me, I think if we really knew and understand how much God wants us to have life. How many remember what Jesus said in John 10, 10? I have come that you might have what? Life. And have life what? More abundantly. So if he has a life for us to have, and everybody else in this world is alive, but life in him is a life that is more abundant, then it must be a different kind of life. There, there must be a different definition. There must be a different quality to it, a different value to it, than the life that everybody else has. So it means that it is life that has more than just the name of Jesus tattooed to it, stamped upon it, labeled on our car. God some of our cars are more saved than we are. They can quote more scripture than we do. Amen. Now watch. 
He is willing to do everything in his power to see that we receive the complete inheritance that he has prepared for us. God wants you to have the life that he created man to have. And it's an eternal life with him. And, and, and so we're, we're in this thing, we're in this crazy world, but as we're watching, just like I said, you look around the world, the world is going stupid on itself. Amen. And it, you know, it's kind of, my foreign policy would be this. This would be my foreign policy. Defend Israel, let everybody else kill themselves. Because if you get out of the way of that culture... They're not, I mean, they like just go attack each other. And, and for millenniums, if you go back and read the Old Testament, they're over here, they're fighting amongst each other, attacking each other, and, and then they have peace for a while. And they said, we need to go attack somebody, we need to go attack somebody, they go take somebody. And, and, and so, you don't, if you just stay out of it, except for protecting the people that you're in covenant with. And if I'm in covenant with you, when somebody comes against you, they come against me. And that's where you are with God. That's, other good, that's part of the good news. The moment you're in Christ, when they come against you, they come against him. That's why David said to Goliath, you come out against me with the sword and the spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the army of God? And so when the enemy comes out against you, they don't come against you. They're coming against God because you're in covenant. That's what covenant was. That's why you made covenant. You would go to somebody stronger and say that you are there to provide for me. And so when I rest in that, then if you're fighting your battles and the Lord says, hey, remember that covenant thing? You want me to help you fight? No, I got this. (laughs) And then you're all beat up and bruised and wore out. Amen. Amen. But the Holy Spirit, look inside your outline. The Holy Spirit as our teacher does amazing things. And that he opens doors to us in our understanding of the word of God and reveals the treasure that is there. I love it when he shines his light upon passages that we have read, prayed, quoted, and stood on by faith for years. Peels back the covering to reveal the new depths of understanding To equip us to live victoriously for Christ in this life. In other words, that I find over the years as I study this word, that God has this way of every now and then just shining new light. And he just says, hey, there's more in there than what you've found so far. There's more. So listen to Jesus. He will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. And so you're studying and, and, and you've heard the beginning of the message. Then, then it's like the Holy Spirit shows up and says, would you like to hear a little more? And he shows you some more. And he shines a little more light. He illuminates it in a little brighter tone. Amen? So stay with me. I often wonder what would happen if we truly understood how much God wants to partner with us by his spirit and how much he desires to do through us. What if we really allowed the Holy Spirit to be our helper? Just to think about that for a moment. What if I really allowed him to help? What if I surveyed my life and I stood back and I looked and I said, Lord, am I allowing him to help or am I doing this and asking him, asking him to bless what I'm doing? Because most of our prayer is doing and asking his blessing on what we're doing before we ever ask him to help. And then when we do it and he doesn't bless and it gets kind of squirrely, then we cry help. What if we turn that around? What if we ask for help first? I think we could avoid squirrely. Amen? Or trouble. So to be our helper, our teacher, our comfort, and our guide. What if we really allowed him to lead our lives? What if we made the litmus test, the Bible, for being a believer? (laughs) Some of you are getting that. Today, the litmus test for being a believer is just saying, I believe. I'm a Christian, or going to church. But that isn't what the Bible is. Paul literally said, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. 
So if he's leading, what is your posture? Following. So it's not you leading and asking him to go with you. Amen. It's him leading. And, and Jesus said, he will lead you and guide you into what? All truth. How many have ever been on a guided tour? You went someplace, they guided you on a tour, you've been through a museum, you've been through a park, you've been through some type of national monument or whatever, and they're guiding you, and they're going through, and, and, and then while you're there, maybe you studied about that, maybe you went to the Museum of, Na of, of Natural History or doing whatever, and, and so you, you could do the one tour, and you could guide yourself, you, you know, you read on Wikipedia all about it, and you did your study, and you boned up on it, and then you go on the tour. We went to Get when we went to Gettysburg, um, we're there, and so we go to the battlefield, and uh, so we had some options. We could take ourselves. We could read the brochure, and all the points are marked. There's little numbers there and stuff so you could draw. And, and there's arrows all the way through the town on the road. You can do a self-guided tour. And you could come away with an experience. I was at Gettysburg. Or you could do the group tour. And you could get in there, and there would be overviews and stuff. And, and they put everybody on the bus, and they make you get out, and they talk to you real quick. They put everybody back on the bus and get you back there. And you do Or you could do a private tour. And you could have the guide get in your car and drive your car and take you to the spot and then get out of the bus with just you. And you have his full attention and ask him questions about every place where you are, not have to wait in the back to raise your hand, then they didn't see, and you got to get on the bus, you didn't get your question answered. <laughs> Amen? But on the self-guided tour, this guy takes you, and at every spot, you get to ask him, and you get every answer. Amen? And so you, go, you come away with an experience and an encounter. Versus just, I was there. Amen? Now what if, in your Christian life, you choose to just read your Bible for yourself, just take everything for yourself, and do all that, and do the self-guided walk with God? Or if you just choose, I do the group guide, I show up at church, and every now and then, I hear a little bit about the journey. Or you decide, you know what? I think I'll just hook up with the Holy Ghost and let him be my self-appointed tour guide. I'll let him lead, direct, and guide my life. And then at the different positions and the stations where he stopped, I will be able to have a conversation with him, and he will declare unto me everything that I should know about this position, this place, this venture in my life. Yes. Amen. Amen? And so then my life with God won't just be I was there, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, wore the wristband, did all that, but I had an encounter with God. Amen? Amen? Watch that. Hear me. It's easy to miss the key to the ministry of the Holy Spirit in that Jesus said, He is our helper. John chapter 16 and verse 7, Jesus literally said this. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, he, I will send him to you. Just look at your neighbor and tell him, help is available. Amen. Watch this. So how does he come? He is our helper. He helps us. Pray. And I said a few moments ago that we've all had that place where we wanted to pray. He helps us pray. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says that he helps us in the weakness of our prayers by making intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, which are non-intelligent speech, and he prays the perfect will of God. How many have ever felt in praying inadequate? And many people, because they don't know what to pray and, 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 and how to approach prayer and what do I do and, 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 and they, well, am I being effective or my prayers making a difference what do I do so we pray less because of a feeling of ineffectiveness and because of doubt and those things in but wait a minute in our weakness Romans actually said that he helps our infirmity the word infirmity there is weakness so when you're trying to carry the burden of prayer the Holy Spirit says hey would you like some help no, I got this. I'll just pray in my weakness. And I'll go away dissatisfied, but I really don't want any help. 
because I think I know best how to pray. He said, well, if you'll let me, I will actually pray with you. Sean, get, get, get a couple chairs off the end and just set them right here for me. Get two of them, grab those two on you. Okay, so stay with me here while he does that. Watch it. Read it. It's there, in, it's there in your outline. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our what? Right there in your outline. Look at it. In our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. Okay? We do not, and you just sit down in the left one. You get to be the Holy Ghost. Okay, now what? For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself, everybody say Himself. The Spirit Himself makes intercessions forth with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now remember I said a few moments ago that that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are co-equal, they are all one. These three are one. Okay, Jesus said, if you read on in John chapter 16, he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments, the Father and I will come and we will make our abode with you. We, we will live in you. But he already said he sent in the Holy Spirit who would abide with us forever. So in that one chapter of scripture, Jesus is telling the disciples, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all that God is. Paul wrote and he says, we are filled with the fullness of God. So all of God lives and abides in us. When you're born again and God breathes again the breath of life into you, he breathes all of himself into us. We become partakers of the divine nature, Peter said. And so God lives in us. But then we get over here and it's like, you know what? So, so this is my car. This is my truck. And, and, and uh, you know, I could get in and I could say, you know, and the Holy Spirit is always ready to help. Okay. And so I, I get up today, and, and I'm ready to go about my day. And so I go out, and, and, and I come to the door, and open up, and there's the Holy Ghost. He goes, would you like me to drive? I say, no, I got this. Scoot over. <laughs> so we take off. <laughs> he goes, where are you going? I said, I don't know, but I'm about my day. You want to know? What I have for you. No, I got this. I'm driving. Yeah. Hello. And so we just go through, but in that, yeah. And so, but if I came out, fly back over, Holy Ghost. And so if I open and he's there, every day, every moment, you have the opportunity. And he says, would you like me to drive? Would you like me to lead? You have the opportunity to have the Holy Ghost be the chauffeur of your life. So he says, trust me, I will get you to where you need to go. I will get you there safely. I will get you there in the most economical and the most expedient manner. Because God doesn't waste his time or his resources. We do, he doesn't. So I will get you there in the most expedient manner if you will let me be your helper. A couple weeks ago, I went fishing with Eli Brazel, and uh, he wanted to go fast. I said, I'll go up with you. And so we went up, and so I met him at like 5.30 in the morning up here at Grocery Outlet. We drove up to uh, Capels Lake. And so on the way up there, I'm thinking, why am I driving? You're young. You could be driving. I could be sleeping. But it was morning, I'm awake, I had my coffee, so I'm doing good. And so we're driving, and we're talking, we're having conversation and stuff, and that's good. But then on the way back, why would I drive I'm when thinking, he could drive? But see, I've never let him drive my truck. <laughs> I've only ridden from here to the gym in his car. And so it's a little, eh. And uh, so... <laughs> So I'm thinking, okay, and so I just say, okay, you drive, and then I get in, and instead of going, okay, here's the key, put it in that hole, turn it to the right, I trusted that he knows how to drive, so I began to position myself for rest, oh, you think I'm kidding, 
And so as we're going down the road, I'm kind of like looking, and he's like, okay, cool. How are we doing? He's like, yeah, remember that? <laughs> but Hebrews chapter 4 says this, that we are supposed to enter into his rest. And the Bible said, the beginning of Hebrews chapter 4 says, the gospel, speaking of, uh, of the nation of Israel, that the gospel, the good news to you and I, was preached to them the same as to us. It's just that they didn't mix it with faith. And so it didn't profit them. And because they heard it, but they didn't mix it with faith and rely upon God, God says this, they will not enter into my rest. But he says, there is a rest that remains for us to enter into. So when I hear the word of God, and I receive it by faith, and I apply it by faith, and the Holy Spirit says, I will help you, so by faith, I let him drive and lead my life. Then I am over here, and I am at complete rest. Amen? But I have to trust him. But if along the way, if I keep going, well, don't you think we should go over here? What about over here? What about over here? And the next thing you know, you're driving. And the Holy Spirit is rolling down the road. God sends the angels, the paramedics, they pick him up, they put him back on the passenger side. Okay. Comes like a dove, lights in the right side. And so he's there. And so then he goes, and then you're all over the place. And you're back in control of your life, and you feel the power. Your little controlling spirit has its hands back on the wheel of your life. And so you choose a controlling spirit over the Holy Spirit. This is really good today. And so then you're driving. And so then you go, I want to be. It's like people go, why would I want to get saved? Well, let's just put your life, let's make a chart of your life and look at it. How's it going? Well, it has some ups and downs. <laughs> okay, you want to keep running that? By all means. What do I need to get saved from? Uh, yourself. Hello? And so then... I turned my life on, and so then he goes, hey, let me drive. Okay, yeah, sorry. Let me change positions. I crawl through the windshield and get over here. <laughs> Amen. But that's, Jesus says, I'm sending you a helper. Okay? Now watch this. Stay there. Okay, turn that chair around and point it towards the platform. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Now what's we read? Romans 8. Watch it here in Romans 8. Turn to Hebrews 4, but Romans 8 is in your outline. You don't have to turn to it. It's in your paper. Stay with me. Hebrews chapter 4. Are you ready for this? This is all to get us to here. Stay with me. Romans 8 says, likewise the Spirit also helps for we, our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Everybody say what? what? We don't know. It didn't say we don't know how to pray. It says we don't know what to pray. If Trent came to me and said, Pastor, this is a situation in my life. Would you please pray for me? He, he could give me a little bit of surface information. But unless we have time for him to divulge everything about that, how can I know what to pray for him? I mean, effectively, how can I pray the will of God for his life, the perfect will of God? For his situation, for that sort of, a, a friend of yours, a couple comes and says, hey, our marriage is having trouble. How many know when you talk to any two people about any situation that's relational, you're barely getting half of any truth? Because everybody covers their hiney in relationship, and it's never anybody's fault. 
And yet they want you to pray, and you don't have any information, but there is a truth there, there is something there, that, that if it gets revealed and God can break through, then healing and restoration can come. But you're going to have to be able to pray beyond the weakness of your limitations. And so Paul is saying here, God has provided the God who helps has sent a helper, and he helps us in every area of our life. And when it comes to prayer, he's there to help. And so look what it says, that he helps, and he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So praying by and through, the, through grace in the Holy Spirit, Hebrews 4 says that we can come to the throne of grace and find grace and mercy to help in our time of need. Verse 14, 414, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Everybody hear me just for a moment right here. Your confession, whatever God's word says about you, say that. Begin with 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. Instead of saying, I've always had a bad habit. I've always had a bad temper. I've always given it. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's not my confession. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. That old man has passed away. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm saved and I'm redeemed by the blood. Begin at the beginning declaring what God says. Hold on to your confession. Amen? Now look what he said. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our what? Weakness. So the Holy Spirit, when it comes to prayer, watch this. Where are we coming? We're coming to the throne of grace. And so we have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. And we have weakness or lack of strength or inability in prayer. And so we have a helper who is there to help us who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but in all points was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to what? To, to help in the time of need. So, son, stand up behind me. Okay, I'm coming for prayer. Okay, God the Father is seated on the, this is the throne of grace. He says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Stand, stand right behind me. Okay, so what? Okay, now what? You're doing great. So what? I'm here, and I'm at the throne of grace, but I'm in weakness, and I don't know how to pray. So the Holy Spirit leans over and says, would you like some help? Would you like some help? By all means. And so I step out. He steps in. He says, I know exactly how to ask for you. And so I will intercede for you. And so when it comes to prayer, I just have to say, want to drive? Now watch. The key to this is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that we pray in the Spirit and we pray with the Spirit. So when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, it says on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled and they began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. So wait a minute, your car, he's driving. Your voice, but he's speaking. Now let me just say this to you. This is the prayer that scares hell. This is why the number one issue of contention in the body of Christ is to keep people crippled and to keep you before the throne of grace feeling weak, inadequate. Listen, listen to what just said. You're there. You're at the throne of grace. Look at it. 
For we can, for, for let us come boldly that, that, he, that Jesus were there in he, verse 15, that he sympathizes with our weakness. We're in weakness. And so, in, God, what do I do this? And I said, uh, how do I say? What do I, how do I get help? How do I do it? And, and then the Holy Ghost just comes on and says, hey, let me help. You just stay there. And he be, let, let me just pray. Just chill. Just sit back. Just re- we'll trade roles here just for a second. Just sit back. Just relax. And he begins to pray and say, okay. And he's beat up rondo. Socarama say, bring it and in the spirit in the spirit he's petitioning the father on your behalf it's a God I don't know what to do but in the spirit he's interceding for you and he's going for the father for you and so you're at the throne of grace and God said this is my throne of grace I invite you and you come and you don't know how to get it so this is what I want you to have it so much that if you will let me help you if you'll just position yourself there not only will I be on the throne to dispense for you what you need the mercy and the grace but I will by my spirit I will come down and I will get you what I have for you I will pray through you for you so that you receive all that I've made available to you my God and people I don't know about that Holy Spirit stuff Well, you don't have to. You can go through your life with no help and in your weakness dealing with everything. Or you can, I go back to John 16. Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go. If I don't go, the helper will not come. But if I go, the helper will come. And people say, well, you know, when people pray in tongues, it sounds weird. Yes, because you're nosy <laughs> and you're a busybody and you want to know what they're praying about just in case they're praying something juicy that might make good gossip after church. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching really good right here. And so just because you don't understand it with your finite mind, you don't understand how an infinite God can make power available to you through weakness where all you have to do is let God, the God who wants you with him, the God who created you for him, who desires all that he has is your, Jesus said he will take everything that I have and he will show it to you. And so if you will just avail yourself to it, and when you're in weakness, when you don't, if you'll just come and find a place of rest, God, I'm just going to sit down and rest. Holy Ghost, I am so weak, but I know that I have an invitation by virtue of the blood. Hebrews chapter 10, I can come to the presence of God by virtue of the blood, and I'm covered with blood, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray, and so pray through me. And he goes, I will. This is the prayer, as I said again, that scares hell. And it raises hell, meaning it destroys, raises in raising a city and and conquering a city. It conquers hell. When you pray in the Spirit like this, the Holy Spirit says, I've given this to you. And people, the devil goes, I'll get them, I'll get them hung up on tongues. Get them hung up on tongues. So they go, wait a minute, it's not a language that they know. Well, let me put you like this. The will of God is not something that you know either. But I'm like this. If God's made a way for me to pray his perfect will in every situation. We are saved by grace. Everybody believe that? We are saved by faith through grace. God's power expended on our behalf to do what we are unable to do on our own. This same grace works in our prayer life. By grace and through faith, 
The Holy Spirit helps us pray. You are saved. Look, we just read that we come to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help. So we didn't have the strength. You don't have the ability to do anything about your sin. So God, by his grace, made his power available to redeem you and be the answer for the salvation of your soul. That same grace is available for your prayer life. You can pray by faith through grace. Hello? Now watch. We pray by grace through faith. We always did the card. The sad part is how easy it is for many to accept the marginalization of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We would never do the work, we do that to the work of the Father or Christ. But many in our day, many throw away the working of the Holy Spirit as a unique manifestation to the early age of the church and confine him to the book of Acts, forgetting that it is the only book that is still being written. The Acts of the apostles, of the disciples, of the believers. We are still believers today. Heard one gentleman do a teaching on the Holy Spirit, and whether it was tongues was normative for today. Was it a normal experience for us to experience today, or was it expressly distinct for that time? And one of his things was that it was this expressly distinct Uh, manifestation for the time for the propelling of the preaching of the gospel it was necessary in their time to propel the gospel but it's not normal for us today so we must not need to propel the gospel I mean I I just kind of if you say then let's back up let's take it backwards the other way amen and so everything they said it it sounded good but in in, in their disclaimer they they, they claimed why it is for today. But because, here's the problem, because it doesn't make sense to your gray matter, and it takes faith that bypasses your understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says this, he that prays in an unknown, Bill, can you come to the keyboard? He that prays in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to men, speaks to God. Howbeit in the spirit, He speaks mysteries, unknown, unrevealed things in the spirit. That's verse 2. In verse 14, Paul says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, my mind is unfruitful. Now, for many of you here today, uh, probably the majority are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking another tongue. But we don't understand the power that we have. And the grace of the So we probably pray very little in the Holy Spirit. I saw an uh, um, interview the other day with Heidi Baker. And the guy was talking to her about different things and, and was around this on praying. She goes, I pray in tongues nonstop. Doesn't matter where I am, either audibly or under my breath or quietly to myself, I'm praying in the Spirit. And I, I'm asking Holy Spirit to lead me and direct me. 24-7 in my life. And then you watch your life and what God's done in Mozambique and the children there and then around the world and bringing that. And you watch the presence of God with her and what God does. You go, okay. Amen? And so, but she's saying, I'm just, I'm just being positioning myself and posture myself to be led by the Spirit continually. So this great help is available. Help is available. And we all, every day, we have choices how to pray. And let me just say again, and, and even in congregation, there's people all the time that'll say, when we come together, if, if I said, okay, as a church, let's begin to pray. And so if everybody in here who is filled with the Spirit and has a prayer language begin to pray in tongues, that prayer does not need to be interpreted. Because first of all, we are not speaking to you. We are speaking to God. We're comfortable with prayer in English or in our native tongue because we understand it. The coolest thing is over the years, and we've been able to travel overseas, the coolest thing in the world is to go to a foreign country and get people who speak a different language than you praying in tongues. That's the most awesome thing in the world. Because you go, God, that is so cool. I don't know what they're saying, but it's not what they were saying. That's the Holy Ghost. It's awesome. 
Amen. But because I don't understand, I discredit it. I just check it off. That's not God. Because I don't understand it, I'm going to rip myself off from the power. I'm going to let the devil take away power. And I'm going to keep myself in that place of weakness where the Holy Spirit doesn't get to drive. And I've found this, that the more I let him drive my prayer life, the easier it is to let him drive the rest of my life. If I let him drive how I pray, then when he gives me a suggestion for another direction in my life, hey, would you like to go here today? Yeah, anywhere you want to go, it's fine with me, Holy Ghost. Anywhere. I, I, I want to be led by you. You're the sofa. I'm just riding with you. Amen? I don't have time to finish this this morning, but I want you to look at just a, one other verse with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, watch this. It's at the top of the back of your outline, or inside that page there, watch. What then shall we say? The very back page of your outline. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, What shall we say? If God is for us. Get the picture again. You have the invitation, God, to come to the throne of grace. You have the invitation, God is for you. Are you weak? Do you need help? Do you need strength? Then God is for you. Come to the throne of grace. He is for you. And when you get there, do you know how to pray? No. Okay. Then he will make intercession for you and through you. And when you get there, it's not just one chair there. There's the throne. But then Jesus is seated by the Father. And when you come, He's interceding for you. And the Holy Ghost is praying. You have the Trinity working on your behalf before the throne of grace. God said, Him, all this provision, He got to, I'm here. I'm here. And I'm here. Wouldn't you like to be there? If you'll just come there, I will pray the Father for you. Holy Spirit says, I will pray the Father through you. And the Father says, I have given both of them to you. I don't know if you, I'm just totally freaking out over this. It may, maybe three people get, I hope. I pray everybody gets it. So that the next time you kneel down to pray, you go, wait a minute. Let me get this picture right. The Father's, invite me. Jesus is leaning over in his ear. Help him, help him, help him, help him, help him, help him, help him. Help him. I know him, I know him. I, di- I died for him, I died for him. Blood, 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 blood. He's interceding for you. And the Holy Ghost is behind you like a good preacher. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. (laughs) Amen? All right. Just read these last prayers. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him... How shall they not with him freely give us all things? Wow. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is also risen. Risen to where? To the right hand of the Father interceding who is even at the right of the father who makes intercession for us so the helper was sent here terra firma he's my helper here but the son is risen and seated by so he intercedes through us he intercedes for us because god desires to get to us 
everything. People say, well, why would I want to get saved? Why would you not want to give your life to Christ when you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit saying, hey, let me help you. I have a life. I have a life that is exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think. So why don't you let me ask and do the thinking? Hallelujah! Glory to God. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Father, this morning, Lord, there might be one person here who in their mind has had a really good argument, a really good line of rationale and reasoning on why their life is okay. Why they can make it why they can do this in their own strength. And it'll be as good as if you were helping them. Because Father, when we turn you down, that's what we say. We say, God, I got this. I can do this as good as if you were helping. I got it. But Father, today, by your Spirit, I believe you've cut through to the very heart that person. Revealed your love and your grace to them. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe there's somebody here. And today, you would just accept the invitation of help from the Father. Let me help you. Let me save you. Let me help you. Let me pray for you. Let me help you. Let me supply you. Let me help you. Let me lead you. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm not asking anybody to raise their hand. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you about an area where you need help. Then I'm just going to ask you to move to this altar right now. Just kneel. Why don't you come and make this altar the throne of grace? The Father has given you an invitation. The Son is interceding for you, and the Holy Spirit will pray through you. And you can leave here today with grace to help in your time of need. Well, Bill's just plain. If you need help, if there's been areas you've been driving, maybe you're here today never given your life to Christ. You've had all that great rationale, logic, reason. I'm okay, I got this. A few more weeks, I'll have it all fixed up, you know, just as good as if God did it. No. You need help. God says, let me help. I'm the God who helps. Let him help. Let him help. Anybody else? I feel like the Lord's dealing with some other heart. I'm just going to wait for a moment. Come on, God's asking you to let him help. Come on, you have a death grip on the steering wheel. You're afraid. It's my truck, it's my car, it's my life. Come on, how can I trust the Holy Spirit to drive? How can I trust God? Come on. Let go of the wheel. Let go. Let go. Let God have it.